0: Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and
1: 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. This, uh, this brother who's going to preach, he's got a love for Jesus Christ, and uh, I'm introducing to you today uh, not just a, a pastor, but a friend and a son of this house. Would you please give it up for Pastor Kyle as he comes to share the word with us today?
0: You guys, you guys can <laughs> Go ahead, sit down, sit down. It's about the Lord, right? That's why we're here. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I remember, man, this is going to be tough. I'm just going to be real with you guys today, so I hope that's okay. You guys, I got you captive. You came to church. I'm sorry, but you're mine now. Um, I remember talking with Leah, um, even uh, we were dating since we were 16 and even saying, you know, I wonder what Pastor Jason and Jody are up to having no idea that that would lead, you know. I remember that. I remember wondering and wondering where they were and finding out they were in Uniontown. And we were thinking, where is Uniontown? (laughs) Having no idea. But when we came out here, um, we had no idea what we were doing. No idea um, at all. And uh, the only thing that I knew to do uh, was to love uh, Pastor Jason and his family. And I remember growing up with my dad as a pastor I remember him saying to me um, how important it is. He said, don't be a pastor. He said, be a pastor's friend. Uh, And so I I hope uh, that we've done that well, and I hope that we will continue to do that well. Um, But I just remember my dad telling me that because I understand how hard it is to be in ministry. Uh, how difficult ministry is and how difficult people uh, can be uh, in ministry. And uh, so the only thing that I knew to do when we came out here was to be their friend Um, just because they need that support and they need uh, people to back them up and they need people to cheer them on. They need people to sit on the front row and they need people who are going to be there for them because y'all are difficult. (laughs) You don't even know. All of you guys, (laughs) Yin's guys, I should say, are difficult. Um, we are though, right? We're, we're all a mess in some form, fashion, or another, and we're all needy to some degree. And you just don't know how hard ministry is. I'm not saying that to be rude, but you don't know the sleepless nights Pastor Jason and Jody have had. You don't, you don't know what ministry has been like for them, the trajectory of the call of God in their lives. You just don't know. And I'm not saying that uh, to make you feel bad. It's just, man, you just don't know. You just don't know how hard it can be. And so I knew in my heart, the desire of my heart, not knowing what to do, was just to be that support, just to, to be a pastor's friend. And uh, I'm asking you guys to do the same thing. I'm asking you to be a pastor's friend because of how hard ministry can be. And Scripture even teaches us that. Scripture says not to make it harder. Not to make it harder on a pastor On a minister. And so I'm asking you, don't make it so hard, okay? Don't make it so hard on Pastor Jason and Jody. I'm not saying you guys are wonderful people. I'm not saying that. You got it. You get it. But um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you uh, just from Leah and I. Uh, You have been so good to our family. You have no idea uh, just where we came from, what we were experiencing, what we experienced, what I experienced growing up in ministry, what that was like uh, for me, and being here, the time that we've been here, four years and eight months that we've been here has been so redemptive uh, for my life and for my family, Uh, just in regards to our experience in ministry growing up and what that was like for me as a pastor's kid. And I really feel like this church has restored that, that idea of what a healthy church is. And this is a healthy church. This is a healthy church and you are Awesome, awesome people. And God is doing a great work here and will continue to do a great work here. And you are fortunate. You are fortunate to be a part of this church. I hope you know that, but you are a part of the church. And we are blessed. We are blessed as well to have been a part. Um, of that. That being said, I want to get into kind of the message that I have prepared for today, which you could imagine was difficult, and just trying to imagine what to preach, and wanting to make sure that I had a message that was from God's Word uh, for you, um, but also wanting to be able to take time just to share from my heart, and, and to share with you what God is doing uh, in my heart as well. So that being said, I want to open with this quote. I'll talk a little bit. I want to talk about Worry and anxiety, okay? Worry and anxiety because our lives are filled with uh, moments where uh, we can be anxious and where we can be full of worry because life is difficult and life is hard and you just don't know the trajectory that your life is going to take, the twists and turns, the ups and downs, the surprises, whatever it might be. You just, you can't anticipate those things. You just can't know. And so if you're not careful, uh, your life can become filled with anxiety and filled uh, with worry. So as I was reading, and this message has been something that's been on my heart through this process. Um, Just, uh, it's been a passage of scripture that I've gone to just in Matthew chapter six and something that I keep going to and reminding myself of, and we'll get into uh, that in a moment. But I wanna read uh, just this quote that I read in a book recently. It says that the anxious heart receives all kinds of blows through anticipating anxieties that will never happen. Some of us have suffered much more in this world than has ever happened to us. We fear everything because everything is possible. Such a heart possesses nothing, though it may have everything. Its only real possessions are its fears. I don't know if that's true for you. Um, I don't know if that's something that's familiar to you. I don't know if you struggle with worry, anxiety, or those sorts of things. But it's true. If you're constantly worried about the future, if you're constantly worried about something that may happen, you miss out on the moment. You miss out on the fact that God has provided. You miss out on the fact that God has given you this moment right here, right now, to enjoy the life that he's given you. I'm learning this. I'm learning that I'm learning that God really does want us to enjoy the life that he's given us. Absolutely, it's full of difficulties, sacrifices, whatever it might be, but God has given you this moment right here, right now. God has given you the people who are sitting around you. God has given you this church, this people. God has blessed you with this moment right here, right now, and as long as you're preoccupied with what could happen tomorrow, you're missing this moment right here right now, the moment that God has given you to enjoy your life and the life that he's given you right here at this moment at this very uh, second. And that's something that's familiar to me. That's something that I struggle with. I always struggle with worry and concern and fear of the future. And to be honest, even in this process, even in this process of making a decision that we've made uh, to be moving out east again, uh, has something that has crept up in my life is this worry and this fear uh, and this doubt. Many of us are prone to worry, but worrying about tomorrow causes us to miss out on God's provision for today. God has provided for you. God has provided for you. God has provided for you this moment. I I just, I just, I love how scripture talks about how God is the one who gives us the ability to live, to move, and to have our being. The very fact that you woke up this morning with breath in your lungs is a gift of God. Another opportunity Another opportunity to put your trust and your faith in him. God says in his word that his mercies are new every morning. The morning this morning when you woke up, you were greeted with new morning mercies. That This morning you got up and God gave you another opportunity to say, God, today I will trust you. Not to worry about tomorrow, and we'll get into that as we look at this passage, because tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. But to worry just about today, be concerned with just about what concerns you today, and to enjoy the life that he has given you uh, in this moment. So let's read from Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 25, and we'll go through verse 34. It says here in this passage, Therefore I tell you, Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. As I think about that, I get a little anxious. (laughs) Tomorrow, uh, we have a truck in our driveway right now filled with everything that we own. Didn't quite know that we owned as much as we did. (laughs) Don't know how that happens. We accumulated a lot of kids' stuff and kids' toys along the way, and I think a majority of what we own belongs to our children. But tomorrow, tomorrow we're hopping in a truck. My wife and my kids are hopping in a minivan. They're going to follow me out and we're moving back east. That makes me a little anxious, to be honest with you. It makes me a little anxious. I'm a little bit scared. And if I was being transparent with you, this whole process has been something that has absolutely just been so heart-wrenching and trying to trust the Lord and believing in God's leading and stepping out in faith and knowing that God is working. And it causes me Uh, to feel anxious. And so I turn to this passage at this time to remind myself of what God's word says about being anxious. As I think about the future and I think about what God is doing in our lives, it's hard for me because of where I come from and what I've experienced to not worry about tomorrow. I lived life this way where I was always waiting for the ball to drop. Does that make sense? I live life in a way where I grew up in a pastor's home, pastor's kid, but things weren't healthy behind closed doors. And so I grew up in this way where it's like I had to present myself to be a healthy person on a Sunday morning or whatever it might be at different church functions. But I always knew that at some point something was going to happen. I always knew that at some point things were going to blow up in a way that was going to result in some sort of devastation. And guess what? It did. It did happen. My parents, my dad was a pastor. He left my mom. He left us kids. I was a little bit older, but I had a younger brother and a little sister. And uh, he he, he left, and there was this moment where finally it was like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was going to happen, and this is the moment that it happened. But man, can I tell you that if we live life that way, where we're constantly waiting for the ball to drop, you're going to always anticipate that moment, and you're never going to live the life that God has called you to in the moment. You're never going to live the life that God has called you to right here, right now. We can't live in this way where we're constantly worried about the future. And in this process, it was even, it's just, so, it's just so, I don't know. There was just this feeling of this fear of being like my father that I struggled with. There was this concern that I had that as I'm doing this and as I'm trying to navigate life and just this constant worry of the future, and I turn to this passage and it's like, God, I just need to trust you. And as we read this passage together, Jesus is, teaching, Jesus is teaching us here in his own words how we as Christians ought to live life in light of who he is and what he's done for us. And he starts off by telling us not to be anxious. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. And it's like easy for you to say, Jesus, you're the son of God, <laughs> you know what tomorrow holds. But specifically, he's telling us not to worry about what we'll eat or drink or wear. And he tells us that life is much more than those things, and to which the answer is yes. Life is so much more than what we can acquire or obtain in our own strength or in our own ability. Life is so much more than what we can accumulate over the course of a lifetime. If we whittle our lives down to what we can produce on our own, We miss out on the life that God has for us. If we we minimize our life down to what we can accomplish in our own strength, we're not living life according to the strength that God has for us. We're not living in the strength of God. We're not trusting God. We're not taking steps of faith. We're not taking a risk. You know, we take risks because God doesn't take risks. God God knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. And so we live uh, this way where we have to trust the Lord and learn to trust God in a way that causes our hearts not to be anxious. But how do we do this? How? How do we come to a place where we don't have anxiety? How do we come to a place where uh, we don't struggle with worry or doubt or fear? Good luck. Good luck. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But we can look to God's word and allow our hearts and our lives and our minds to be shaped in a way that can speak to those worries, that can speak to those fears, that can speak to that anxiety and hopefully get our hearts back at a place of trusting and having faith in God. So as we look at this passage, there's three things that I want to look at in this passage that I hope will help you and I when we struggle with moments of anxiety. So the first thing that I want to look at, the first piece of advice that I can give you, the first piece of wisdom that I can give you from this passage is buy a bird feeder. <laughs> buy a bird feeder. Or, or take up a new hobby. I know that... Uh, Pastor Jason and Jody have a bird feeder on their porch out back and we got to sit out there last night and uh, they're putting bird seed in. it was kind of a joke from what I understand that Pastor Jason gave to Jody because they're getting old but it's good advice It was like a joke it was like a joke <laughs> But it's good advice it's good advice buy a bird feeder buy a bird feeder Seriously, I know it may sound funny, but Jesus tells us that in the moments where life seems overwhelming, in the moments where things seem like it's more than we can handle, in the moments where we just get caught up in the busyness of our lives, Jesus tells us to stop and watch the birds. Stop for a second and look at the birds. Watch the birds, they don't worry. They don't worry. They don't worry about sowing or reaping. They don't worry about where they're going or where they'll live or any of those things. They don't worry about that because they have a creator. They have a God who made a world in such a way that they just do what they're supposed to do and they're provided for. And that's a bird. What I'm trying to tell you is that you are a son and daughter of the Most High God. And if God cares about a bird, he cares a heck of a lot more about you, infinitely more about you. And so as you go through life and you get caught up in these moments of of worry and doubt and fear and anxiety, what I want to tell you is stop and look at the birds. They're not worried about tomorrow. They're provided for. You're provided for. You are provided for. God cares about you, and God's word says he will perfect that which concerns you. So my first piece of advice is that you would buy a bird feeder. Go bird watching. Stop for a second in the moments where life seems like it's full of anxiety. Stop for a second. Look around you and see how God has provided for you. He says at the end of this statement, who can add a single hour to his life by worrying? Nobody. Nobody can add a single hour to their life by worrying i would go as far as to say that you can't add but you can subtract you can subtract for your life from your life if you worry because those moments where you could enjoy the life that god has given you you'll miss out on those moments You'll miss out on those moments. You'll miss out on the opportunity that you have to speak lovingly to your wife. You'll, have, you'll miss out on the opportunity to, to grab your child and pick them up and swing them through the air because those years go by so quickly. You'll miss out on those moments of life if you're constantly worried about what may happen instead of enjoying what actually is happening right in front of you, right here, right now, at this moment. So you may not be able to add to your life, but you can subtract from your life You can subtract from the moments that God has given you to enjoy the life that he has given you. So as I look at this passage, I want to encourage you, maybe on your way home, stop at Lowe's. (laughs) Buy a bird feeder. Pick up a bird feeder. Secondly, and this one's for Lad. I know he's in here. I think he might be in here. This one's for Lad. Plant some flowers. Plant some flowers. Grab some bulbs. Lad might have some, I'm sure. He's been at some people's houses and he's planted flowers for them. So maybe sign up on a list. Just kidding, lad. I'm not trying to put more on your plate uh, than you already have. But seriously, what I want to encourage you to do is buy a bird feeder and plant some flowers. Jesus goes on uh, to bringing our attention to the flowers. He urges us not to worry about what we will wear. Once again, it's a mistake to worry about something that's so meaningless in the scheme of things. Life is so much bigger and so much greater than the things you can acquire. We get so caught up in this in life. Even as believers, it's so easy for us to get caught up in focusing on what we can accomplish and acquire in our life. That's what the world does. The world has a standard that says, if you want to be successful, it's got to look like this. That's what the world does. The world focuses its energy and its efforts on trying to appear and look like they've got it all together. But then you have millionaires who are doing terrible things behind closed doors, have everything that they could ever imagine, and end up having to take their lives to hide from the wickedness of the things that they've done. Is that the life that you would desire is to have everything but lose your soul in the process? Man, man. It's not about what you can acquire with this life. It's not about what you can build, or it's not, about, it's not about living life to its fullest. The world has to focus on that, right? The world has to capitalize on every opportunity, take advantage of every moment, and try to get to a place where they feel like they've succeeded, because that's all they have. They don't have anything after This life, As believers, we have to be cautious of getting caught up in this trap of living in such a way where we're trying to appear like we have it all together, when in reality, we don't have it all together. And that's the beauty of grace. That's the beauty of being able to come to God and say, God, I don't have it all together, but I can turn my life over to God and he can work in me and do something greater in me with his strength and something I could do in my own strength. Life is so much bigger and so much greater than the things that we can acquire. He tells us to consider how the lilies of the field, how they neither toil or spin. And yet Solomon, the richest of the kings of Israel, was not dressed as beautifully as one of these flowers. And then J- Jesus says something in this moment that gets me every time I hear him say it. He says, oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of faith of little faith. This is not an indictment against you saying that you don't have faith. It's a reminder of the incredible faithfulness of the God that we serve. So when he says, "Oh, you have little faith," it's a compassionate heart towards his sheep, towards his children saying, "Oh, you have little faith. If only you knew how good God is. If only you knew the goodness and the faithfulness of the God that you served, these things wouldn't bother you." You wouldn't get tripped up trying to be somebody you're not and doing something you can't do in your own strength if you would just have enough faith to believe that God is working in your life, working through your life, and accomplishing what he desires to accomplish through you. He tells us, oh, you of little faith, not because it's against us, but it's to encourage the building up of faith uh, in us. Thirdly, so after we buy a bird feeder, After we plant some flowers, the third thing I want to say is that we would learn to keep the main thing, the main thing, that being Jesus Christ. Keep the main thing, the main thing. It's with this wisdom that Jesus tells us not to worry, at least about the things that are a concern in this life, because people in the world concern themselves with the things that we're talking about here, but these are not the things that are supposed to concern us. What I'm talking about is we get people in the world get caught up in what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. That concerns us at different moments, at different places, at different times in life. But that's the sort of stuff that the world gets caught up worrying about. And then we find ourselves getting caught up in those moments, worrying about the things that people in the world worry about, which means that we're more like people in the world than we are people of God, which is so bizarre to me. Because it's not about this life as much as it is about the life that is to come. As much as it is about who it is that we're becoming, not what it is that we do. So we're learning to keep the main thing, the main thing. What is the main thing? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is supposed to be our primary concern and worry in this life. Am I growing? Am I becoming more like Christ? Am I obedient? Are these the things that worry you or concern you? Or is it trying to reach a certain level or status in life? Is that the things that worry and concern you? Or is it that I'm becoming more like Christ? These are the things that should worry uh, worry us. Everything else is a distraction from our trust in God. My favorite part of this passage, and we read it here at the end of uh, verse 33, where it says, but seek first the kingdom of God And his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. I've seen many Christians who are happy and blessed in Christ, not because they tried to get to a place where they reached a certain level or a certain status, but because they lived faithfully for the Lord. And guess what he did? He blessed them. He showed up and he surprised them in ways that they could have never expected. Because he's a good father who gives good gifts to his children. That's what we read in scripture. Scripture says that, scripture tells us that if our earthly father gives good gifts, how much more does our heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? I'm telling you, I know that there's moments in life where you get anxious, where you worry. I get that. I've been there. I am there at different moments myself. But God wants to surprise you. God wants to show up in the midst of your worry, in the midst of your anxiety, in the midst of your concern. God wants to show up in those moments, and he says, look to the birds. Look to the birds. I care for them. I care infinitely more for you. Look to the lilies of the valley. He cares for them. He cares infinitely more for you. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Keep your eyes on the prize. Focus on Christ. Stand firm. Endure to the end. Don't give up hope. I got you, I got you. I'll see you through this. I'll be faithful to you. Even when you're not faithful, I will be faithful to you because that is the God that we serve. He is our father. We are his children. We are co-heirs with Jesus Christ of all things. That's who we are. That's who we are. So why am I concerned about what I will eat, what I will drink, what do I wear, what where I'll live, what, what this life will produce for me? When I know that I'm a son of the King, when I'm a son of the Most High God, that he bought me with a price, that he adopted me as his child, to be his child, not just one of his children, but a co-heir with Jesus Christ. That is who we are. That is who God made us to be. So don't be anxious for tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Tomorrow, Leah and I will be hopping in a truck and we'll be driving across Pennsylvania. There's moments where it scares me. There's moments where I realize that we made this decision that really has flipped our whole world upside down. You guys have been so good to us. You guys... This is the thing that I've had conversations over the past several weeks since we made the announcement. So many people have said this, but I don't think that they understand fully what it is that they're saying. They say, oh, you're going home. You're going home, you're gonna be around family. And we are, but we are home and we are with family. You guys have become our family. You guys are close to us and will forever carry you in our hearts. We had all three of our children here in Uniontown Hospital, even against all of y'all's better judgment. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Everybody was like, don't do that. Don't go there. We went there. And it was great. As a matter of fact, there was a lady there who when Harper was born, we had no idea that she would start coming to this church a few years later and that she would be there for us when our third child was born. And that lady has since rededicated her life to Christ and I had the opportunity to help baptize her. This is an awesome place. You are awesome people. This is an awesome church and God is going to continue to do great things at this place and in this church. Man, Uniontown is awesome and Fayette County is beautiful. You need to start speaking that. You need to start saying those things. You need to realize what it is that you get the privilege of being a part of what we had the privilege of being a part of. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being so kind and so good to my family. Thank you for loving us in a way that we could have never expected. I had a conversation with Andrew Hudock. Man, he has become such a good friend. And as we had conversations, I said, I just don't know that I could ever give as much as we have been given here. You guys have given so much to us. You've blessed us. You've opened your hearts to us. Our lives have become entwined with your lives in a way that is just, I don't know how almost at moments to do life without you guys. It it scares me. It scares me. And it causes me at different moments to feel anxious. It causes me to feel worried. It causes me to feel like, God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? But I'm learning to trust him. I'm learning to trust him. I'm learning to put my faith in him and to say, God, you'll see us through this because you are faithful. If I were honest, in a lot of ways, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared, of, I'm scared about not being around you guys. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'm I'm afraid that there's just different moments where I'm afraid, I don't know if we're gonna make it, Lord. I don't know if we're gonna make it through this. I don't know if, if we got what it takes to do this. But he's faithful, he's faithful. But I'm trying to take hold of God's word and know that as we seek him, he will take care of us. He will provide for us. I love you guys. I love you guys. Let me pray for you guys. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you are God of the universe. God, you are God over all things. You are in control, Father. And we get to call you Father thank you for that God I know that you have a plan and God I know that you're working God I know that you're up to something and I know that as we seek your plan there is provision within your plan for each of our lives so God I pray that you would help us to see help us to see help us to see what it is that you're doing God I pray that you would search our hearts and God that you would search our minds God, be patient with us and help us to be patient with each other in the process. God, I pray that you would help us in moments of worry or concern or doubt, not to be tempted. And God, that you would protect us from evil. God, I pray your blessing upon this church. I thank you for the gift of this church. I thank you for Pastor Jason and Jody. God, bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. One more thing, one more thing. I wanted to say this, and so I'm gonna say it. I didn't say it. The hardest thing for me in this process is I was so scared when I came here. I had no idea where I was. When Leah and I drove out here, we were pregnant with Harper, and we had to find doctors, and we had to go through all of that, and we had to make this life transition, and I just... I didn't know that I had no idea what life was gonna be like. And I was so scared. And to be honest, there were moments where I was scared of you guys. (laughs) You're not so scary though. You're not so scary. But if there's one thing that I would say, man, God, help me to understand this. Help me to know this. Help me to learn this lesson. There were moments where I was so concerned with pleasing people that I didn't enjoy people. There's moments where we can get so caught up in trying to please the people around us that we simply forget to enjoy being with them. I'm sorry for that. I'm enjoying you now and I'm thankful for you. But man, don't get so anxious that you miss out on the moment that God has for you. Amen, amen. God bless you guys.
1: Don't you love these guys? Four and a half years. If you stay anywhere longer than four and a half years, you might just totally win the entire city. Because you've won a lot of hearts here in just four and a half years. Um, I I know uh, Pastor Kyle has has shared the word and uh, an encouragement to us that to not walk in fear It's not because we don't have reason to fear but because we have a greater reason to know that our God has gone before us. And uh, we're confident of this that uh, the foundation that's been laid there's more work to do. There's more work to do. And um, so thank you for the investment. Uh, We want to give you just a a gift uh, from us here. and um, You can come a little closer, I promise. I won't make you speak, Leah. You trust me. Um, we just have a couple things that we want to uh, give you guys uh, because, well, this is this is home. So these are some things I came across because uh, of uh, back in the day we did this thing, Love Fayette. It's still Love Fayette. And I had a bunch of these leftovers. So what do you do with leftovers? You give them to people. So here is a Love Fayette Frisbee and a Love Fayette folder and a Love Fayette bracelet for you. This thing's like... Like, that's like almost going into a museum. So that's just so you can remember to love Fayette. Uh, we Plus, this is for the kids because we have this Frisbee game that we have in the backyard. And uh, Jody can give you the rules for it. We made it up. It's our own version of it. And so you can use that for the kids. This will remind you how far we've come. This is something we put together uh, eight years ago called Right Here in Fayette. All of the great things. And this will, the last one is our bloopers. That'll just be fun. and it'll not only remind you of some great things here in Fayette County, like the Big Mac was created right here in uniontown i mean that's a big deal um, there's other stuff here, but uh, uh, you also remind, be reminded how far we 've come when you watch this. it is not nate quality so uh, it'll just remind you <laughs> remind you how far we how far we've come um, Leah, this is for you um You got a home. I I opened it because I wanted to put more stuff in it. Uh, She like opened it. She's like, what is this? (laughs) Um, But uh, that's just a uh, small gift to get something for the house, something for you. Uh, You are a blessing. I love you. We love you. I love you. you are more special than you realize and you have more not that you'll ever know because you'll know your quiet voice is strong and um, I think you know you, you have the voice for sure but um, some people have to talk a lot to say something I'm a preacher then some people just say something and that's all needs said you've got that gift love you hers is bigger cause <laughs> I didn't even open yours up to put more in it um, you said you hope you served well I can speak on behalf of my family you have served my family. I remember having a conversation with you at McDonald's because that's where we have our meetings. Um, And uh, I said to you, I said, Kyle don't measure what you do by the stuff you can see. Because the impact that you make is what no one in this room will ever see. You know what these people have never seen? These people have never seen that you've been the guy that's had my back in every moment in these last four and a half years. You've been the guy that I've trusted, that I've shared my moments of disappointment, my moments of joy. These people don't know the backbone and the rock that you've been to me personally. You've been a friend. But you've been a son in the faith and someone that I've been able and have the privilege of just doing life with. And um, so you have left I shouldn't say left but there is a great foundation to build upon um, I, I want to uh, you know I like to write things down and so you referred to me as a spiritual father and so the day after it was a final decision that you're heading back home I just began to pray a prayer for you. And it is my prayer for you as you continue. What was your limitation is no longer. Today you walk in a confidence and a strength that is not your own. You have desired this strength, and in your youth you have tried to manufacture it. But today, in the wisdom of God, you have learned that it is already in you, and now it only needs to be released. These four and a half years have been your training ground preparing you not for what you expected but for what you have not yet even imagined. You are stronger today because your ways have submitted to his ways and his thoughts have replaced your own thoughts. Your mind of doubt and fear has been replaced with confidence and peace. This peace is not without concern but it is with great confidence. You are ready. You have been faithful in another man's house. Now today, I bless you, and I send you out with a Father's blessing. You will be fruitful. You will multiply. You will introduce more spiritual sons and daughters to the kingdom of God. You will excel with a spirit of excellence, finding favor with God and man. You will be blessed, and you will know the great joy of serving. You are a man of God. And as a son in the faith, I bless you, and I send you out. You're not leaving. We're sending you to do what God has called you to do. We love you. This will always be a home. It won't be your home, because home will be wherever you guys are, but this will be a home for you. And we love you, and we pray God's blessing over you, and we know that great things are yet to come as you walk in him. The Bible says to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who rejoice. So there is joy in the midst of our sorrow. You don't don't understand it because hope cannot be understood. Can I say that again? There is joy even in the midst of sorrow and you'll never find it if you try to understand it because hope cannot be understood. But even though we grieve, we grieve as those who have hope because you're not gone. And you can come back. In fact, your last paycheck, we're holding it till you come back and get. it. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I'm going to ask Pastor Kyle and Leah uh, to make their way to the lobby and Jody will escort them there. I, uh, we said, man, folks are going to want to greet you. So we said we're going to wrap up. Y'all go to the lobby and uh, they'll have a chance. Man, as they're making their way out there, would you just one more time give God thanks for this family, this couple.